This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. I announced over the weekend that the episode released this week will cover the 1991 murder at a local Wendy's fast food chain. I still have some details to iron out for that story, so I decided to change things around. The Wendy story will be next Tuesday. This week's story will be an interview with George MacArthur. George is the person behind the pop-up museum, George the Giant, Strange Museum of Oddities and Wonders. It's become an annual Halloween tradition in Bakersfield. Every year around this time, George dusts off his collection of odd and freaky artifacts to showcase them for everyone to see and enjoy. Since this is audio only, people can't see you. Describe your handsome self, George. Uh, I am seven foot three inches tall. Uh, I am a sideshow performer. Some people call freaks. Some people just call me. Um, I've been a performer for over 30 years. I've been a collector of the odd and strange for over 25 years. Uh, I am the uh, curator of the bazaar here at Georgia Giant Strange Museum of Oddities and Wonders. I'm probably going to keep saying this, but because this is audio only, there's no way anybody can truly appreciate uh, this pop-up museum without actually seeing it in person. Oh, yeah. The, this museum is one of those things that I can tell you all about it. I can show you pictures, but to see the things live, to see the sculptures done on matchsticks, uh, the skull made from human teeth. I, I mean, even Alligator Boy. Alligator Boy is one of the weirdest looking creatures. It looks so bad you can't understand how people ever believed it was real. But to see it in front of you is an experience like no other. Um, as I tell a lot of people, the money you spend, you won't remember. What you see, you'll never forget. And since it's audio only, and, and even if you took a picture, you cannot describe the 16-foot alligator. It's just beyond description unless you actually see it. Oh, no, you can't describe a 16-foot alligator. I mean, you got to see it. That's one of, one of the items in the roadside attractions. Because in, uh, a long time ago, you'd see signs going, see the strange thing. And you'd see the signs for like 20 miles. And then you'd go to this weird-looking shack. And you'd pay your dollar. And you'd see this thing. And you're just looking at it going, what is it? And that was the whole point of it. See the strange thing. What is it? I don't know. I let you make up your mind. It's up to you. You get to decide what it is. And I think one of your favorite artifacts is one of my favorite artifacts, the haunted toaster. <laughs> you don't know how long that took. It. I searched that thing for over five years. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in haunted toaster, uh, it will appear. Um, it was an article uh, on the Today Show, 
they followed around a reporter, and uh, the reporter uh, interviewed several different people, but my favorite was the lady that owned this toaster. Uh, she just swore up and down, it's cursed, it's possessed. She had proof. I don't think the proof was that good. But uh, if you watch the video, you'll then go, oh, yeah, I have to see this toaster. And in my situation, it was, I have to own this thing. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, we went to high school together. You're a couple years behind me. But I remember you because you stood out. We weren't friends or anything, but I remember you. I remember seeing you. I, I wasn't I popular because I, I, because of my size and everything else, I was gangly and and not a lot of people liked me. I got in a lot of fights just because I was different. Um, and then later on, I made being different money. So you know, the, it's funny because I've had some people from my high school days act like they were my best friends, and I was like, dude, you guys used to pick on the daylights on me when I was a kid, and now you want to be my friend? I'm like, okay. Give me a dollar. Go see the thing. Yeah, we didn't know each other. Like, we didn't hang out, or, and I don't even think we talked to each other, but I knew who you were because you stood out. Being seven feet tall, you stand out. Yes. I, mean, I stood good. out. No, when you're my size, you're going to stick out. As I tell people, you have uh, two choices when you're my size play basketball or be a freak. And I hate sports. And I bet everybody asks, do you play basketball? I tried playing basketball in high school, and I had a motorcycle accident that messed up my knee, and it got me out of having to play basketball, which was fine because I didn't want to play anyway. I was doing it because everyone thought I should. What's something that most people don't know or understand about tall people? There's a statement that my wife hates um, because I say it more than I probably should, and that is, you don't see a lot of giants. We don't last. Um, our bodies wear out. Um, I have knee problems. I have back problems because of my size. Um, it, it's one of those things. I, I'll be honest. I didn't think I was going to make 50 and I'm now 54, but now I'm not sure if I'm going to make 60. So it's like, I don't know. I'll probably, who knows? I might end up at 80 and, and surprise everyone. And I'll be sitting in a corner going, you want to see my weird stuff right over there? What are some of the misconceptions that people have about tall people? Well, I've had it when I used to be in Sideshow with uh, one performing troupe. Uh, my character, I didn't talk. And so it basically made everyone think I was just this mean giant because I always looked angry. Uh, but I was always concentrating. That's what was going on. But I've had people uh, make statements that you wouldn't say to any other group of people. And it's like, we have feelings. Um, you should be nice to us just like you should be nice to anyone else. Um, but the one thing is, man, clothing. Clothing costs so much. Uh, I have a friend that was really overweight. He paid less for clothing than I did, and he used more fabric. It's just my bolts were in a lengthy, a longer uh, positioning. Um, so I have to have most of my clothes customed. For some reason, people uh, feel comfortable asking tall people questions that they would never ask somebody else, another demographic, like a short person. 
Yeah, but you wouldn't go up to someone and go, oh my gosh, how fat are you? You're so short. Yeah, no, no. I, I, when I was doing stand-up comedy, I, I did a whole uh, tirade on it. It's true. We're the last group of people that's okay to point and stare at. And it's just sometimes it hurts because, dude, I'm just like everyone else. It's just I got a lot of uh, clothing to put on at times. So let's segue into the museum um, and your collection. How did you how did you start collecting this stuff and how did it grow into what it has become today? Oh, I really wish I knew. Um, I've been collecting this thing for almost 20, over 25 years. There's a few stories. One story. One story is when I was a kid, uh, there was a paint a drawing that hung in the hallway, and uh, there was no uh, windows in that hallway whatsoever. But when I was a kid, I will swear up and down, whenever I tried to go to the bathroom at 2 in the morning, a light was beaming on the eyes of the old man, and it used to scare me. And uh, when my dad uh, passed away and everything, I thought it got sold. And when I was moving, my in-laws found it in a box. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to have it back at the house. And when we went to do the museum last year, my wife's like, why isn't the old man going? And I'm like, why would the old man go? That That's not haunted. It's just childhood trauma. And she goes, don't you think that might be the reason you collect weird stuff because of the things that happened to you as a kid? And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I thought it was just because I – Worked with Bobby Reynolds at an old-time sideshow, and I slept on a stage staring at the uh, Swamp Booger and the Fiji Mermaid. I thought that's why I fell in love with the stuff. So how how did the pop-up museum become a thing, and why did it become a thing? Well, I've been collecting, as I said, for 25 years. So it was around 20 – at approximately 20 years, uh, I've had a dream of, like, doing a – museum. And my wife was like, you know, you've been thinking about doing this for like 15, 20 years. Why don't you just do it? And I was like, okay. So I went downtown and started looking at rent. And if you want a uh, a reality check, look at how much rent is downtown. Uh, the one building I wanted, uh, storefront I wanted was 1500 a month with a year and a half, or was it a two-year lease? So I had to have enough money. Even if it closes, I still have to keep paying it for the two years unless they fill it in. And that place had been empty for over a year and a half already. So I was like, yeah, I'll be stuck with the money. And I finally decided, well, I just can't do it. I can't justify it because Bakersfield is not a tourist town. So after a few people see it for a while, unless I keep bringing stuff in or trading things out, it's just not going to work. And I ran into a friend that was doing a pop-up art museum at the uh, Fox Theater, Bubble Pop, and they were doing it on First Friday. So they'd come in on Thursday, put all the artwork in the building, have the art exhibit, and then take it down the next day. And I was like, that's a great idea. And then I started researching pop-ups, how things would be there for a short time and then leave. It's kind of like a dark carnival. It just comes in the middle of the night and then leaves. And I was like, ooh, that works for me. So I talked to the Fox Theater 
in the last week of August. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do. And they're like, oh, this would be great. We have an opening in uh, October. And I was like, that's less than a month and a half away. And so I scurried and hunted for containers. And I was like, I don't know if I have enough exhibit pieces for that big of a building. And we put the whole thing together and I was struggling getting it put together. And then I had this fear that I was going to have a grand total of 300 people for, for four days. I really didn't think anyone was going to show up. And then the Bakersfield, California did an article that appeared on Thursday. And then when we went to open the doors, I at that time still thought no one was coming. And I look out the door the line goes down the street around the corner of Today Cleaners, and I'm just sitting there going, they came here to see my stuff? I, I It makes me feel good because, you know, I was born and raised in Bakersfield, and I love it when Bakersfield is supporting their little odd guy or giant odd guy in my situation. And I think that's part of the draw to the museum is you telling the story of how you acquired a certain artifact or something. When I talk about Donnie, the ventriloquist figure, um, or Chester T. Chimp, who uh, belonged to a child that passed away, and then uh, one night he started clapping his uh, cymbals, woke the parents up, and the parents realized the house was on fire, and they swear up and down that the child through the monkey saved their life. I mean, that's a cool story. And reading it is okay, but when you can hear the joy and the excitement in my voice about how this is so cool that I own this, uh, it's a whole different experience. So you had your opening weekend last weekend. Um, you did well. I saw. I came. I saw a lot of people here. Um, tell us a little bit more about what to expect in the uh, remaining two weekends at this location on District Boulevard. Oh man, we got. Uh, we have two more weekends: uh, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and the last Friday uh, we had such a response on the night market on on Friday the 13th, uh, that we're bringing it back. A lot of the vendors uh, asked us if they could come back, and I'm like, you know, we can do it. So the last Friday, we're going to have vendors coming out, and you can buy weird and strange things. One of my favorite guys is the Asylum guy. Uh, he makes some of the creepiest dolls. He he finds old dolls, and he's shoving uh, electrodes in them, and then he has this, like, dinosaur fossil guy. He's just a wacky, wacky creator. And I'm so happy uh, that he's coming back to Bakersfield for my event. So for those who haven't uh, already been out, what are the days and the hours of the, uh, of the museum for the rest of uh, October? So the last two weekends are, uh, the 20th and 21st and 27th and 28th with the uh, night market being on the 27th. Uh, the hours on Fridays are 5 to 10. Saturdays are 2 to 10. Uh, the reason why we went for 2 to 10 on Saturdays is because I really wanted the families to come. And so they can come out, have a blast, um, and enjoy it. I was going to ask you, is it family-friendly, the museum? Oh, 
my museum is uh, made for uh, two-year-olds all the way to uh, 88 years. I think we had a we had a two-week-old child come, and we had a 98-year-old. Uh, yeah, 98-year-old. Oh, wow. So we have this stuff that, to me, is the family-friendly. And then we have a blow-off. In the old-time sideshow, uh, you'd have an extra fee to see something different. Uh, it could be a bearded lady. It could be a, a two-headed child in a jar, <coughs> which I have. Um, and uh, in this case, we have uh, one of the most notorious clowns, uh, self-portrait, uh, Mr. John Wayne Gacy. And uh, the portrait I'm talking about is Pogo. And uh, when you look upon the eyes of Pogo, you'll think one thing, and that is, man, he was a horrible painter. No. Uh, some people think other things. I don't, I just, but I find it interesting. It's, uh, I, I'm not a big collector of uh, murderbilia or true crime art from the criminals uh, aspect. Um, but people are interested in, in it, and I have a lot of friends that collect it. So I don't have to collect it. I just make phone calls. And in this case, I had a, an associate of mine, uh, uh, Mr. William, uh, who owns uh, MurderAuction.com, and uh, he was able to loan me uh, Pogo uh, for people to see. And... If you want to come down and see uh, one of the creepiest clowns. And that's a sideshow. That's an extra add-on that if you want to see it, you pay an extra extra fee. Yeah, that's an extra fee. It's $3. So the ticket price is only $7, uh, but for $3 more, you get to see Pogo. And if that's not your thing, seeing a, a self-portrait of uh, one of the most famous serial killers in the world, um, and you don't, that's not what you in want to do you don't have to pay that you don't have to see that um it's a totally separate room yeah and that's why i have it in a different room so kids aren't walking in going what's that and i i'm very good about keeping children away from what they shouldn't see speaking of childhood trauma yes i really don't want to be responsible ward hall was an old-time sideshow owner who passed away a few years ago and one of the state, he had a traveling museum and sideshow. And one of his statements was, everything in this museum is 100% real. Some of it's real, real. Some of it's real fake. But it's all real interesting. And uh, that's kind of how I believe. It's all perspective of how people look at things. Uh, and that's how I want it to be. I want you to have your own entertainment of believing something is real or not, having uh, the wonders of looking at odd things like the carved uh, matchsticks. We have like a little sword swallower on a matchstick that was hand carved. Uh, we have just odd and strange things that I just, whenever I walk into this building by myself, I'm in my own candy store. I find such great joy just looking at this stuff. And it's the one time a year that I get to see all of my collection in one area. It's all 
out in the open where everyone can see it. And that's just awesome to me. I want to thank George for taking the time to uh, sit down and talk to me about his uh, strange and odd museum. Check it out. George the Giant, Strange Museum of Oddities and Wonders. Every Friday and Saturday for the rest of October, admission is $7 per person. The location for this year's museum is 5630 District Boulevard, Suite 122. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. I'll be back next week with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Until then, stay safe, stay out of trouble. Don't become a future episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. Have a good week.